Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. And as always, a special guest. You can't keep on saying that. <laughs> he's, he's he's from Cincy. Yes. Okay. So that makes it special. We're and he used to, to live in Franklin. We're trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out like, how have we not been in person in the same room before? You have been in the same room. It's gotta I have happened. I guarantee that. Yeah. Cause he's been with Q. He's from Cincy. I spent seven years in Cincy. He lived in Franklin. Yeah. And he comes I to could throw a rock in his house. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. There you know. go. Yeah, so Luke Dooley is the president at Ocean Programs. So Luke, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Hey guys, thanks for having me. And Todd, I'm sure we've been in the same room. Uh, It's it's (laughs) definitely happened at some point. We just have not made the connection, man. Something. Yeah. So Luke, tell us. I do want to sing Dooley. How many people have sung you Dooley? Like uh, Hang hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley? No. Oh, well, there's Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley. And then there's um, the Moonshine Dooley. Do it, man. Do it. You were which doing part? it before. I did. I started singing it. All my children know this song, which I don't know what it says about me as a pastor. Moonshine Dooley might be a new one for me, so let, let me have it, dude. You don't know. Uh, it's, um... Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's epic. It was absolutely epic. Uh, uh, just think Country Boy from Kentucky. There's like three verses to it. I'm not going to sing the whole just, thing. Just start singing, just so our audience can know what in the world you're talking really? about. <laughs> Come on. Dooley was a good old man who lived below the mill. Dooley had two daughters and a 40 gallon still. One gal watched the boiler, the other watched the spout. And mama corked the bottles while a Dooley fetched them out. Dooley slipping a dollar, Dooley trying to make a dollar. Dooley give me a little swallow and I'll pay you back someday. This is incredible. So no one's ever sung that to you, Luke? <laughs> I I thought I had heard literally every like comment, joke, thing about my name. No. And I've never heard that in my life. That is stunning to me. <laughs> Oh, it's it's great wow. because you know the revenuers try to catch him. Uh, they can never catch him, but then he dies, and the women folk weren't sorry, but the men stood around and cried. I mean, it's it's, it's incredible. It's pretty, That's incredible. Well, there you know, it's it's a great uh, story. Not to not to unpack too much or get us too far off topic, but not on the Dooley side, but on the other side of my family, there is some moonshiner history. And uh, there's this great story of my great, great grandfather uh, who had had a still and he hit all the bottles in his brick fireplace in the house. And the police came to raid his house. And they said, we know you're hiding. You know, we know you're hiding booze in there. And he said, well, you go ahead and break up that fireplace. And when you don't find any bottles, you're going to build the whole thing back yourselves. And he, he scared them off. They didn't do it. And he had all kinds of but all, it was kinds, in of his fireplace. all kinds of moonshine in there. He just called their blood. They should have just started a fire. <laughs> so there you go. Well, oh. fantastic. On that note, <laughs> moonshine and leadership. All right. So we're going to be asking start songs and moonshine. That's how, it's how it always starts. Okay. So we're going to be doing the five leadership questions, but Luke, tell, tell our audience about ocean programs because we had you, I interviewed you specifically about entrepreneurship, uh, startups and church planting for new churches. And we wanted to have you on the five leadership questions just to talk about you and get to know you a little bit more too as well. But, but give our audience a, uh, just a understanding of what ocean programs is all about. Yeah, thanks. Um, so ocean programs is an organization that was started about five and a half years ago. Uh, we're kind of, uh, headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio, 
And uh, essentially, it's an, an ecosystem for kind of faith, faith-based entrepreneurship. And so we have all sorts of different programs serving entrepreneurs of all different types at all different stages with content that is meant to equip them in the marketplace sense. Uh, so practical education around startups, around business culture, around kind of what, whatever uh, lane they find themselves in as an entrepreneur. We have content and programming designed for them. And then, uh, you know, obviously what's, what's kind of unique and a little bit different about Ocean versus a lot of other kind of accelerators or incubators or startup kind of uh, education initiatives would be that we marry it up with or it kind of infuse that content with a real biblical approach and a kind of a faith-based foundation for the life of the entrepreneur. And the real heart of it is just this reality that entrepreneurship is really hard uh, and it can also be really lonely. And uh, we can't fix the hard stuff because it probably should be hard. Things that are worth doing are hard and uh, launching a new company or building a business that's worth doing. So it's, it's going to be difficult, but what we can do is we can kind of plug some holes and we can make sure that you have access to the, uh, the tools and the resources and the people and really build the acumen of the entrepreneur. Um, but the one thing we really do believe is that it should not be lonely. Um, uh, fear and isolation are pretty, pretty real concerns in the life of any entrepreneur. Yeah. So, you know, the reality is that, uh, entrepreneurship, it's, it's hard and it's lonely. Um, and on that loneliness piece, when you're lonely, man, fear can begin to set in. And when that fear sets in, there's all sorts of kind of effects of that. And uh, in the entrepreneurial population, we know that fear and anxiety, uh, or uh, we know that anxiety and depression rather, uh, are about twice as likely among entrepreneurs as other people groups. We know that the divorce rate's about 10 points higher. We know that the suicide rate is uh, among the highest of any kind of people group in, in a given population. And so it's just, it's, it's pretty tumultuous work. And there's a, a lot that can go on in the heart and the life of an entrepreneur. And so we just wanna grab them at the earliest stage possible and say, hey, not only do you not have to do this alone, there's other people that wanna come alongside you that are in the journey, that are ahead of you, that are behind you that you can build into and that can build into you. Uh, so we want to give that communal aspect. And then we also just want to say, Hey, there's a right way to, to go launch and lead this company. There's a way to kind of build this on a foundation that actually pulls from scripture, uh, in the life of Jesus. And there's some approaches to kind of, uh, make sure that you're orienting and rooting yourself and your identity and your business in the right places. So that's what that's we do perfect. at ocean. That's, that's perfect. So, yeah. So I know when I interviewed you for new churches and we'll put that link in the show notes as well. Um, but when we did that, you were talking about the residency component of it. So people actually moving to Cincinnati. Uh, but I love the fact that you, I mean, you guys are all about faith and work and that's such an important topic. And you guys are a great resource toward that end, especially for entrepreneurs that are wanting to um, get into an accelerator and move into Cincinnati as well. But what about all the entrepreneurs uh, or church leaders who are like, well, that sounds fascinating, but I don't, I can't move to Cincinnati. Do you guys have a conference? I mean, how can I connect with you guys? So, so tell our audience about that and, and the best way to connect with ocean programs. And we'll get into the questions. Yeah, sure. So ocean programs, there's a, a bunch of different things that we do under that umbrella. We do run a high tech accelerator that's residential in Cincinnati. We also run all sorts of uh, boot camps and workshops and small business programming. Uh, we have a nine week curriculum tool that churches can, uh, can engage their local entrepreneurs with. So it's kind of a faith and entrepreneurship 
kind of 101 guide that we've developed that is really cool and churches can use that at the local level. And then, yeah, we run a, we have a national conference. So this is actually the fifth year of our national gathering. Uh, We're super excited about that. It's called the Ocean Conference. It's in Cincinnati every October. Uh, So it's the 10th and the 11th this year, oceanconference.org. I believe at the time this podcast launches uh, that uh, that website and that whole kind of speaker lineup and everything will be out, which we're super excited about. We have some incredible leaders on the faith and entrepreneurship and the faith and work spectrum that are coming. And we try to touch it from all different angles. So we're going to talk about anxiety and depression and mental health in the life of entrepreneurs. We have an incredible speaker coming to talk about that. And we're going to talk about big successes and big failures. Uh, We're going to talk about kind of creative entrepreneurs. So we have some artists and stuff that are coming that are going to be sharing. Uh, what's a vulnerability look like in the creative process and all this kind of through this biblical lens. So we're fired up about that. Very cool. Well, um, there's about 15 questions that I want to ask you right now, just about entrepreneurship and personalities and personality profiles and how those match up. Because a, a lot of times people that tend to be entrepreneurs, so whether you're Myers-Briggs, ENTP, or an eight wing seven on an Enneagram or whatever, there's like a cookie cutter type, but entrepreneurs come from all pathways. And, and I would just, we may need to end up having another podcast on entrepreneurship because so many people are, um, wading into that these days that haven't before. And that's, uh, that's a much more viable and acceptable path, even to parents, (laughs) um, for young people and things. So definitely want to, ask you more about that, but, uh, I'll get into our first question and that is who are you presently learning from? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think in terms of who I'm actively learning from like face to face in my life, um, is, is just a guy that I work alongside. He's an incredible leader. His name's Scott Weiss. Um, and, uh, Scott has, he served as the CEO, kind of the founding CEO of ocean for several years. Uh, and then with my kind of role here now as president, Scott is the chairman of our board. And, uh, Scott just has this incredible, uh, kind of fount of wisdom and knowledge. He's been kind of the corporate sector for most of his life. Uh, he, he also was in the education sector for a long time. He's lived on a few different continents, has all these incredible rich life experiences. And so I just learned a lot from Scott about, um, you know, business and work and leadership. Uh, and, and frankly, then a lot about rhythms and, you know, parenting and, uh, Scott's in a life stage that's beyond mine. He has grown children. I have uh, little, little girls, so a two year old and a four year old. So I'm constantly, uh, picking Scott's brain and, uh, trying to get access to the wisdom of raising three children and, um, balancing a career and, um, having a 40 year marriage and, and all this kind of stuff. So I uh, love that guy and love spending as uh, much time with him as I can. Big, he's a big reason why I'm doing the work I'm doing, just the opportunity to live and, and kind of serve alongside someone of that capacity has been a real gift to me uh, over the last couple of years. And then I, you know, beyond Scott, uh, you know, I, I pick up wisdom from other sources. So I've, I've kind of forced myself or really have had a desire for a while and this year, you know, have really kind of resolved to, to fall back in love with reading and make more time and space for reading. Um, and so I've been trying to read more books and, and get my nose in the book more often, not the Kindle, the book, I have to have the, the paper in my hand in order to, to <laughs> escape, uh, and really feel like I'm, I'm helping myself versus looking at another screen that I probably shouldn't be looking at. So I've, so I've been reading a little bit more, which has been a fun, journey. So what's a book, uh, that you've read in the last six months or so that you would say, Oh, 
That's definitely worth the work. Yeah. You know what I'm reading right now? Uh, and I'm about, I don't know, three fifths of the way through it is, uh, this uh, book called unbroken. And, uh, some people may recognize either by the book or by the, the film. Uh, but it's the story of Louis Zamperini, um, who was the famed track star, uh, from California who ended up going into, uh, to be a bombardier in World War II. And it's just this incredible, um, biography of this man's life and his faith and this journey that he went through. That was part of my, my desire to fall back in love with the reading was this, this kind of uh, awareness that I had all these books on my shelf that were, you know, ministry books or leadership books or, you know, get, get yourself better or get your relationships better, or gain this skill. And, um, I've read a lot of those and <laughs> you know, I've kind of fatigued myself on stuff like that. And so frankly, I, this going into this year, I was like, I'm gonna, I, I've never really read like biographies and novels and different types of stuff like that. And so I, I started by reading, everyone's reading Ian Crone's book about the Enneagram. And I went the other way and said, I don't want to learn more about the Enneagram. I want to just read a good book. So I read Ian Crone's book, uh, that's called chasing Francis. That's kind kind of a, a wisdom literature, kind of a historical fiction book about, uh, uh, St. Francis of Assisi and this journey that this pastor goes on this kind of pilgrimage. So that was kind of the, one of the ones I read. And, and now I'm reading, um, unbroken about Louis Zamperini and man, I'm just, I am just captured by this book. It is so good. And I feel like I'm just picking up so much, uh, that I want to apply into my life and things that I just want to like have more resolve around. That's good. That's good. Luke. Now, uh, it's, it was interesting how you brought up, um, it was Scott, right? Mm-hmm. His name. So I know there's a lot of our listeners listening in and they're like, man, there's, I have someone like that, that I want to learn from deeply. Uh, and I, and I want to soak up as much as I can. What advice would you give them in terms of rhythms or, um, you know, how you spend time with them? Cause they're likely pretty busy too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Scott has been really generous with me. Hey, you know, we work together. Um, so Scott is the chairman of our board and he still maintains a presence at our office a, a few days a week and is around quite a bit. Um, and, and most, frankly, most of the reason to be around is to build into to kind of me and uh, one or two other people in our office. Um, and okay. so he and I have a regular rhythm. We, uh, we spend about two and a half hours together every Wednesday. Um, so we meet for about an hour and a half and then we go have lunch. Um, he, he takes me to lunch somewhere and man, it's, it's incredible. We, um, there's some intentionality around it. And so we're looking at different pieces of the organization, uh, that Scott has led over the years that, um, you know, we're in the, we're kind of in this overlapping leadership journey, kind of a sunsetting journey, uh, where, you know, we're handing kind of different pieces off at different seasons. And so there's some real intentionality around the conversation. It's not just kind of, Hey, how's it going? What's, what, what's going on in your, in your work week or how's home? It's like, Hey, let's tackle this topic. And then we start to get into some of these other things. So, um, I would say have a regular rhythm, uh, as much as, as, as you can get, as much as you're willing to devote to it and as much as they're able to devote to it and then, um, have put structure and intentionality around it. Don't just make it, Hey, let's hang out, but let's hang out towards a, a common goal or towards a common end. And let's see where that journey takes us. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Now, when you look at your leadership team right now, uh, what would you say the main point of emphasis is? I love that question. I was thinking about it in preparation here. And, and really, we were in the season of summer. Um, we're, we're kind of at the beginning of the summer at the time we're, we're kind of recording this with you guys. And um, our point of emphasis right now is around trying new things, uh, kind of breaking the norm. And so we sat down with our team just a few weeks ago 
and uh, kind of uh, had some discussion around what would that look like and and how could we how could we kind of shuffle things up a little bit kind of break the norm we just came out of a really busy season uh, with our accelerator so the accelerator for us is a res- residential program that runs for about five months and it just wrapped up in mid-may and uh, now we're going okay what do we need to do as we head into the season where our conference is happening this fall to make sure that we're you know kind of clicking on all cylinders that we're healthy but we're also enjoying summer and there's good rhythms and uh, we're taking care of our families and one another and so we just had some conversation around that and we decided to just do some things differently and uh, I'll just mention what a few of those things are so we're doing kind of three intentional habits or rhythms this summer as a team Uh, one is that we um, we are going to take every single day we're committing that we're going to take collectively as a team and or individually rather as a team whenever it suits our schedule we're going to take at least 20 minutes where we're not in front of any screen we're not at a computer we're not at a phone but there's a, a pen or a pencil and a pad of paper, or maybe there's a marker and a whiteboard and we're calling it think time and we're tracking the think time. So we have a kind of an accountability board in our office where everyone kind of puts the check mark up on the day that they did their think time. And here in a month or so, we're going to kind of roll it back and say, Hey, uh, you know, Courtney or Michelle or Scott or Meredith, you know, you had 22 of these think times. What was the result? What was, what, what did you hear in those moments when you stepped away? And the, really the idea here is that, um, we're not just going to be focused on what's popping up in front of us. Like we're not going to let the email inbox or Slack or whatever is kind of continuing to jump in front of us, dictate the flow and the rhythm of our work. Um, and what our, our focus, our priorities, but we're occasionally going to step away, kind of pull our eyes up and look out ahead and say, what is the thing that I really need to be thinking about and focusing on and spending some strategic time right then doing that and thinking about it and then kind of saying, okay, how does this reorient the remainder of my work day or the remainder of my work week, given what I just, you know, uh, kind of overviewed in my head and just experienced in my heart. So that's something we're doing that, um, I'm super excited about. Um, love that. So as, as you're rolling that out, then, I mean, is this going to be just a mutual accountability are you going to be reminding one another or is it just kind of that visual of, Hey, look who's done it and who hasn't. Yeah. So we have the visual in the office, just kind of on a whiteboard. We can have a little chart that we, we put up there. Uh, and then we have, we actually created a Slack channel. We, we use Slack to communicate in the office. So we created a Slack channel just called hashtag think time. And uh, basically every day someone does it, they just kind of log it and just say, Hey, just had my think time, you know, great moment of clarity or wow, really felt like got a word from God in this moment actually. Or, um, Hey, this was something that, you know, heading into this, I was working on this and coming out of it, I realized, you know what, uh, that's not as urgent. That, that's important, but it's not as urgent. And right now I need to really jump on this or maybe it's vice versa. And so, uh, two things, the visual accountability, but then also kind of the, the Slack channel to remind and encourage people to, to break away and do that time. Yeah, no, that's good. So quick question on the Slack channel, uh, because we use Slack here too, but within a church context. Okay. So I love, I love Slack over email. Uh, the only thing about Slack is it definitely goes against this idea of time chunking, blocking, you know, deep work, because there's just this constant interruption, right? Or this constant sense of, man, you could be on Slack for an hour and maybe some of it was productive, others of it wasn't. And it's just kind of this, it's like you're checking your email every five minutes and <laughs> right. How, how do you, how do you work against that? Yeah. So we, you know, I think it's helpful to have some ground rules uh, around it. Um, 
and, and typically what, what I say is if you're emailing it or even if you're, you know, especially in our office setting, and this is different when people work remote and people are all over the place. And for the most part, we're in an office at the same time uh, with our team. Um, you know, if it's that urgent, you should probably just stand up and walk across the room and talk to someone. Um, and if it's not, then throw in an email or throw in Slack, whatever forum is kind of the most appropriate. But then I think some of the ground rules, like if I think if you're tagged in Slack, uh, that's we've kind of told people like, hey, when you tag someone, that's a way to kind of tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, pay a little more attention to this sooner rather than later <laughs> versus just, hey, it's in the general channel. And, you know, kind of it's there. It's an FYI. I'm putting it out there, but it's really not meant to stop the flow of your work. Um, and then, of course, there's direct messaging and all this kind of stuff that's different. So I think that's part of it. Um, you know, we, we try to use Slack just as a, a kind of as an FYI system as well, kind of a, a catch all tool for, for things that we think are helpful or important. Right. So we have like a must read channel. Uh, and so anytime Scott or myself or anyone sees an article or finds something online, whether it's a podcast or an interview, an article, uh, that we think was interesting and has to do with kind of entrepreneurship or faith in entrepreneurship, we just throw it in the must read channel. And the only action there is like, if sometime you want to go develop yourself and read a little bit more about the thing that we do, there's all, there's just a, a ton of really great resources now on the must read channel that you can scroll through at any time and click one and, and read it. And then we use that as a way then to communicate out to our community, our community. So the Michelle who does our social and communications, she'll grab links out of that must read all the time and reshare them on our social. So it's just a really simple way to transfer information in my opinion. I like that. All right. I gotta, I, I gotta rewind just a little bit here and give you a biography that you have. To oh, please. Because you said you like biographies. And I failed to mention this one on, we recently did a whole podcast on biographies. And this is one I almost mentioned, but I didn't. Um, because this one is a combination of a great story and something that's really helpful. So John Boyd, you ever heard of John yep. Boyd? Okay, so Boyd, you know, he changed the art of war. So he's got the UDA principle, um, observe, orient, decide, act, uh, which changed the way, you know, fighter pilots function. He's basically saying, hey, whoever does these three, th these uh, four steps, the quickest wins the dogfight every time. And so, you know, especially in an entrepreneurial setting, especially um, when we're trying to move quickly um, or efficiently, I love the UDA the Uda framework, the Uda principle, but Boyd's life was absolutely amazing. Awesome. I will check that out. So you got to check that out. Appreciate that, that reference. I'm, I'm loving the unbroken book right now. I don't know if you guys have read the story of Louis Zamperini, but it is unbelievable, man. This guy has, he just went through hardship after hardship and his resolve and his commitment and his faith. And, uh, I just think, you know, the way he, um, orders his life is, is just unbelievable throughout this book. I saw the movie. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. I didn't, I didn't see the movie. I'm notorious. Everybody that listens to podcast knows I can't sit there. Movie. That's great. My wife is trying to get me to go see all the kids' movies right now. And I'm oh, like, dude, Aladdin. I don't know if I can do it. But Will Smith as the genie does sound yes. like it could possibly hold my attention. It's amusing. Yes. Yeah. So, so, right. so we were talking about uh, kind of trying new things. Real quick, the other couple of things I'm, uh, that we're doing around our offices, we committed that throughout, goat throughout the summer. I was hoping goat yoga would be one. No, 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 no goat yoga. Uh, throughout okay. the summer, we've said that the first and third Wednesdays of the month, we're going to work somewhere else. Uh, so collectively as a team, we're going to go somewhere that's not our office. And for me, this really comes out of, I heard years ago, I heard Mark Batterson say this phrase and whether he coined it or someone else did, but it's this idea that change of pace plus change of pace equals a change of perspective. 
And so we've just said first and third Wednesdays of the month, we're not going to show up to our office. We're going to find a new spot. We're all going to go. We're going to hang out there together and we're just going to do our work like we normally would, but we're not going to do it at our desk. We're not going to do it in, in kind of the regular, uh, environment that we're used to. And we're just going to see how that changes things for us in, in, in our, in our interactions and in the way we do our work throughout the summer. So that's one thing we're doing. And then we're doing kind of a, um, a summer Friday rhythm as well. What would you say is the Okay. So, so for the first and third Wednesdays, I mean, how big's your team? Uh, there's seven of us. Okay. So do you have to typically pay for those spaces or is it kind of like you go to Starbucks or, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're pretty fortunate. Um, uh, there's a great church in Cincinnati. It's called Crossroads church. So our organization was actually kind of birthed out of Crossroads many years ago. Um, but we're a completely separate organization and this whole thing. But, um, one of the really cool things that Crossroads does and has done for years is that they, uh, have these huge atriums cause they're large churches and they leave these facilities open throughout the day. And so basically from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day, Crossroads is open. There's all kinds of comfortable workstations, sitting areas, standing areas. There's coffee, there's tea, there's free Wi-Fi. It's a great place to work. And so we're going we're gonna to pick a Crossroads campus most weeks and say that's where we're hanging out. Oh, that's great. Cool. All right. So obviously, barring the Sunday school answers of this, which would be reading my Bible and practicing spiritual disciplines, what are one or two things that you have to do every day to stay sharp as a leader? It's so funny you put that qualifier on it because in preparing to answer this, I thought, is does every single person say the same like two or three things? Uh, and then I was thinking like, what can I say that's not those two or three things? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you know, the two, two things um, that I feel like I, I need to do every day or I know that I'm, I'm in benefit uh, if I do these things every day. One's a physical thing which is stretching. Uh, and so I am, I am, I'm, I'm still young, I think, but I can feel my body getting older and my friends that are older than me all say, man, stretch every day. And so I'm trying to stretch every day. Sometimes that looks like doing a yoga practice in the morning, just at home, kind of on my mat, pull up a YouTube video and, and stretch for 20, 30 minutes, however long the practice is. Sometimes it's just, you know, maybe in the evenings if I'm watching Netflix or something with my wife, instead of sitting on the couch, I'm trying to sit on the floor and just stretch and limber up a little bit. Um, cause I truly believe, you know, like, like a lot of people that, you know, our, our health is connected. And so when we're healthy physically, when we feel good, you know, physically, we tend to perform better mentally and relationally and stuff like that. So that's one. And then another one is, is a little more, uh, kind of internal. Um, and it's just this idea of reflecting. Uh, so I have a commute every day, pretty much every day. I'm, I'm sitting in the car at the end of the day for about I don't know, 40 minutes. And, uh, I try to use that time. Well, um, uh, mentally, I try to reflect on the day. I try to think about, uh, what I did, what I could have done better. Um, and then I try to think about the environment I'm coming back into at home, uh, and, and trying to prepare kind of my heart and my mind to, uh, leave, leave the office and walk into, uh, you know, a house with a wife who's been home all day with a two and a half and a four and a half year old little girl. And, uh, you know, just entering back into that environment. So, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, before we get to our next question, let's just hear a quick word from our sponsor for today. What you believe about your purpose and value affects every area of your life. And this is the premise of the new film Overcomer. It's in theaters August 23rd, and it's the latest from the Kendricks brothers. They have made Courageous, they made War Room and many other films. I personally have seen the preview and I'm telling you, it, it, 
it's not what you think. It, it, it's that much better than what you think it is. Uh, it just is. Uh, so this movie has inspired the creation of several other resources for small groups. There's an Overcomer Bible study for individuals. There's a book uh, called Defined. That both are based on powerful insights from the book of Ephesians and this film. So learn more about all these resources at lifeway.com slash overcomer. Now let's get back to the podcast. All right, Luke, we're back. And the next question, I mean, it's a, it's a good segue because you talked about your home. And so this question is, what does leadership in your home look like? That's a good question. Um, when I think about leadership in the home, I'm, I'm thinking about right now in this phase, I'm thinking about what does discipleship look like um, for my kids? And, and I mentioned they're two and a half and they're four and a half. Um, so our, really with our four and a half year old, we're just getting into this phase of, of like the questions are getting bigger and the implications are getting bigger. And um, it's, you know, there's leadership and there, and then there's, you know, discipleship. I'm just trying to wrestle uh, my wife and I are with like, what does it look like to truly kind of grow them up in a way uh, and to model for them a way of, of Christ likeness? And uh, what are the core values that we want to uh, instill? And, and then what are the methods we're going to use to instill that? Um, and so, you know, that that's what leadership looks like right now is that kind of constant discussion of trying to get beyond the surface with these little kids uh, and try to, yeah, of course, you know, enjoy and have his, all, all the fun and everything, but, you know, at the right times, pick our moments and just move beyond the surface. And so I'll just, you know, one, and, and, and these are little things a lot of times, but yesterday, what that looked like for me was, uh, it was father's day and I was enjoying some time in, in my hammock out back. And it was just a, a, a nice day in our area. And I was reading a book and I was in the hammock and, uh, our two and a half year old was napping and our oldest was kind of playing. And at some point she came out and joined me in the hammock and we just hung out and lay there and she brought a book and I read her the book and we were just kind of hanging out. And I just saw a little window to have a different kind of conversation. And I just began to ask her different kinds of questions. Uh, and I just said, I said, Mary, what do you think the most important thing about life is? And she said, she kind of thought for a minute, she goes family. And I said, so then we just kind of started talking about that. Why, what, what, what makes family so important? And why did you say that? And, um, it's just fun, man. I'm having a blast trying to, to learn how to continue to learn how to be a dad and every season's different. And so that's how I'm trying to kind of lead her and lead them right now. Um, is getting beyond the surface. And then, you know, just in general, in my, in my relationships and at home, my marriage and stuff, you know, my wife and I are just really trying to be as intentional as possible. So we're, we're, you know, setting out goals and discussing them and talking about how we're going to achieve those goals where uh, we're sitting down on a weekly basis and, and really just kind of doing some basic things, but just building block foundational things like, you know, weekly meeting, sit down with your spouse, talk about the budget, talk about the family calendar, talk about what's coming up. Um, and, and just trying to make sure that we, we hit the marks and we do those things that we know are important. That's good. That's good. So I, I would guess that you kind of get an opportunity to do this with uh, with the younger entrepreneurs that are coming through your ministry there. But what would you tell your 20-year-old self about preparing to leave? That's a dangerous question because, you know, the 20-year-old the version of any of us is probably uh, ill-equipped to handle, 
you know, what the current version of us is handling, but how, how could, how could they kind of better prepare and how could you better, uh, orient yourself early on, I guess, for success later is, is maybe one way to think of it. But, um, I think what I would say is, um, begin early on forming really healthy disciplines. Um, so as, as soon and as early as possible, um, choose the things in your life or kind of evaluate and decide for yourself. What are the, what are the disciplines? What are the things that you value most and how are you going to bring order to the chaos of your life to make sure that those things happen, whether that's physical or spiritual relational goals and disciplines. Uh, so I think that would be a huge one. And I think instilling those things early on. So, uh, like I think about like waking up early. Um, I, I think people who, uh, you know, wait, started very early on with this idea of like waking up early are going to have a much easier time with it when they're in their thirties and forties than someone who kind of slept in their entire, uh, younger years. And then all of a sudden you try to flip the switch. Um, so if that's important to you, if you've decided that matters, man, start early. So if you're a young person, listen to this podcast and that matters to you start early, waking up early <laughs> or, uh, whether it's around, uh, you know, financial wisdom and financial discipline or spiritual disciplines, uh, start as early as possible. So you talked about disciplines there. Uh, most of the time, you know, we can go back and look at a point in our lives where we kind of learned a pretty valuable lesson and we had to make a switch. So, you know, uh, a lot of us have to learn that the hard way. <laughs> can you look back at your life and leadership and go, okay, here's where I learned, you know, now as a result of this experience, I got to get up early or I got to handle my finances differently or, you know, or spiritually, you know, uh, can you give us an example of one of those key moments? Yeah, I would say for, for us, for my wife and I, um, it, you know, it, a big part of it revolves around financial wisdom. Um, you know, early on before we had kids, we were both working and, uh, we look back now and we think what, what in the world, where did our, where, where did our money go back when we both had jobs and we didn't have kids and our expenses were next to nothing? Like what in the world were we doing? Um, and just wish that I had, and I, and I cannot say at all that I, I didn't have good wisdom because I had a, a great, you know, set of parents and an older brother who tried his darndest to instill that wisdom in me. But, you know, I just frankly just had bad habits around spending money and not saving, um, and, you know, pay the price for it kind of throughout the, the mid to late twenties and, you know, and finally digging out of that hole now and kind of early thirties going, gosh, this sure would have been a lot easier if we would have handled those other years better. Um, so I think that's one example where you just kind of have this, this awareness and wake up moment for us. It was probably around, you know, the time of having kids and thinking about the future and really imagining what's the kind of life that we want to build, um, both now and later and going, man, we, we kind of dug ourselves in a hole here and we're starting behind the, uh, the start line that, that, that we wish we would be. That's good. Awesome. Well, thanks Luke so much for being with us. What's the best way for people to connect with you? if they want to uh, learn more about you and, and find out more about uh, all that you do. Thanks guys. I really enjoyed it. it was, it's fun to be on here with you guys. Appreciate the conversation. Uh, you can find me, you can email me. It's Luke at oceanprograms.com. Love to chat with you there. Uh, or I I'm on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Uh, I try, I try to not be on those things as often as possible, but I, I often fail. So you can find me there. Um, and then that's great. We'd love to see yeah. you in, in our conference this fall in Cincinnati. Come join us a couple of days uh, in October. That's a great way to connect or whatever makes sense. 
Awesome. Thanks, Thanks guys. Man, that was great. I uh, always love and enjoy talking to entrepreneurs, but yeah. especially entrepreneurs that are engaged in their faith. Yeah, I mean, there's such a neat history around ocean programs and crossroads and all the work that they're doing around um, lean startup. I mean, a lot of stuff that we do at Ministry Grid, we were starting. agile, all that stuff. I mean, they're 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 doing it at their church, I know. right? Doing that's Scrum crazy. and everything. So that's where I first came across them, and I knew Luke at Q. And when he went up to Ocean Programs, I was like, "Wait a second, that's what you're doing now? Oh, we totally have to have you on New Churches." and five leadership questions. So be sure to go to the show notes to check out the link to the new churches interview as well. And if you haven't yet checked out JD Greer's new book, Above All, the gospel is the source of the church's renewal. Uh, this is a brand new book he's written just to, it's a, it's a clarion message, a great message for the church. So if you're a church leader, be sure to pick up a copy of that because it is going to be helpful just navigating the tumultuous times that we live in. All right. Thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time.